Blackhawks Live. It always helps when you win. Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. Let's drop the puck on this thing another better late than never week as the Blackhawks were in action last night in Nashville. So this week's show comes to you on a Tuesday. We will be back. Finally, to a Monday coming up next week. At least that's what we believe. Rockford Ice Hogs <laughs> head coach Derek King will be joining us shortly. We'll also be joined by Hockey Hall of Famer and former Blackhawk Michelle Goulet. But let's say hello to the real star of the show. Yeah, right. Nick Gizmondi. <laughs> Nick, uh, Chicago felt so sorry for uh, Detroit, uh, Denver weather that uh, it decided to snow a little bit here today. So I hope that makes you feel a little bit better. Well, if it makes you guys feel any better, we got like four inches last <laughs> night too. So I'm just staring. How are you going to golf in that? I know the orange it's balls, the lime balls. That you know you have to terrible. pull those out of the bag. I'm going to go to Florida or something. I don't yeah, know. That, that's that's a good idea for all of us. Well, uh, since we last talked here on the show, a split in Detroit, and then last night's five-two loss in Nashville, uh, and you know the score certainly doesn't doesn't reflect it but the hawks did a lot of things that they wanted to this time against the president they've had difficulty doing in the previous five meetings but you know some bad breaks a couple mistakes versus an opportunistic team that kind of has your number and that's what decided it in the end yesterday you know four goals in the span of a total of about 2 minutes there and you know i'm thinking nick if they can just extend those stretches those good stretches in the offensive zone a little bit further tomorrow night as as they play the first of two here at the United Center and, and you know keep committing to the things that you know may quite honestly be uncomfortable for some of the players on this team I think they'll stand a, a much better chance of coming away with a victory finally a victory against Nashville tomorrow night because Lord knows they need it well, that's the best that they've played against Nashville. You and I were talking about that, I, I think, so far this season. And listen, there's an adjustment to their game that they have to make. And Jeremy Carlton talked about it yesterday in pregame skate availability. And so did um, Alex Dabrinkit. And I talked about it last night on NHL Network. And it's that, listen, the Blackhawks, when they're super successful, are a really good team in transition. Well, you can't really transition too well, at least through neutral ice with, with Nashville, because they jam it up. They play a 1-3-1. It's man-on-man defense. They're deer pinching when they're moving up offensively. So you're all jammed up on these guys and 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 in the game there for the Chicago Blackhawks is you're going to have to get a little grittier. You got to get pucks behind them and then you got to beat them to those pucks. And then the goals you're going to score are going to be those gritty goals. It's not going to be two on ones. It's it's not going to be three on twos and and I think that last night we we saw some good gritty goals and we we saw, you know, Alex Dabrinkit going to the areas that you know, you're going to get banged up a little bit. You're going to you're going to pay the price if you can't been out in front of the net looking for that quote unquote garbage goal or, or gritty goal. And and they had stretches and moments of that. And and I thought that they played well yesterday. I, I think that they. You're right though. The margin for error against this Nashville team is very very slim. And if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And unfortunately, we saw that. So I agree completely with you. If they can clean that up a little bit here and there. Uh, I, I, you know, listen, they got a good chance. And, yes, they definitely need the points. Uh, we knew that this three-game set was going to be important. And I don't know as though it's season-determining because anything can happen with, 
with uh, 10 games left in the year or whatnot, but you definitely need points, and ideally you pick up four of them over the next two games. Yeah, it is all about that area between, you know, behind the goal line up until the top of the circles when you play this Nashville team that knows how to play it, that have been doing it for a while, and the Blackhawks are discovering what they can and, and can't do or what they aren't capable of or what they need to grow their game for. So I think that's really the difference between these two teams in this season series thus far. Unfortunately, it's been Nashville has jumped up and grabbed that fourth spot uh, for now as they have been red hot since the midpoint of March. We're going to take our first break. But when we come back, we will hear from the head coach of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, get a checkup on uh, how things are going up I-90 with the Blackhawks' top minor league affiliate. That's straight ahead when Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDrive.com, continues. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. It's all on 720 WGN. Three in the Rockford Ice Hogs left wing. They send in Mackenzie Entwistle, who's got some room. Entwistle fires, scores! turns on the Jets' left side and dances around back warm the Ice Hogs. Open up the scoring for the third consecutive game. It's 1-0 seven minutes in. It's the voice of the Ice Hogs, Joey Z. Joey Zichewski as uh, that was one of the descriptions, the fine descriptions he had in a recent Ice Hogs game. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Bowden alongside Nick Ismonti. We are now pleased to be joined by the third-year head coach of the Ice Hogs. He also was an assistant for two years prior to that after a 14-year NHL playing career. Derek King, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us here. Uh, we know we're not taking probably not taking you away from scouting reports because you play the Wolves no. for the ninth time tomorrow in Hoffman Estate. Yeah. I think we should know what they do, and I'm sure they know what we're going to do. But, yeah, whether it's the COVID or regular season, we're usually a dozen, uh, 12 times uh, a year. So it gets a little bit uh, rivalry going, so it's good. I would say so, and that's a rivalry That's a rivalry to begin with. You know, you know, with this unique season, every affiliate has certainly been challenged by just constant personnel shuttles because – uh, of uh, the taxi squads and, and how challenging has uh, that scenario been just, you know, for your sake, for, for continuity and players learning to adjust to teammates and systems. I imagine coaches uh, playing, uh, learning to adjust to who you got on board with your roster every night. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's a, it's a challenge, but it's, uh, you know, with uh, myself and Andre Sorensen, it's, yeah, we've managed it well, I think, uh, I think the biggest uh, hurdle is you have your your practice getting ready for a weekend, couple games. You got your power play ready. You've worked on it, and then all of a sudden, uh, you get the phone call that they're sending five guys down. Uh, they want them to play on the weekend. So, I you love having those guys. Obviously, they always make our team a little better. But you feel bad for telling those five guys ahead on the ice for the power play that okay, you guys are not on the power play anymore, so uh, you're going to have to sit and wait your turn. But, um, you know, I try to be uh, open with these guys. I let them know where they stand, let them know how things are going, uh, whether it's up top, guys are coming down, or if you're going to be playing or not. Uh, I don't beat around the bush, so the communication part's been real good for us. Coach, it's obviously a weird year, and I don't think I don't think anybody likes this year. But if you're, I'm a positive guy. I don't I don't know if you picked mm-hmm. up on that, but if uh, if you're looking at the positives here, what the the bonus is having the guys back and forth, and maybe a little bit more experience per se than maybe a normal year. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's great that these kids get a chance uh, with the big club, uh, the Ant Whistles, getting a game, uh, Reese Johnson. Uh, get in the game, and all of a sudden, Hagel, Kershev, they those guys stay up there. 
and then never mind the D that are up there getting some uh, NHL hockey. In a perfect world, if the season was going as usual, maybe those guys don't get that opportunity. So I think they've taken full advantage of it, and uh, they've been looking real good up there. I'm sure uh, you need to be on the same page schematically with with what uh, the big club you know wants to do in order to shorten that you know, adjustment curve for players and knowing your reputation and knowing Jeremy's desire for uh, that relentlessness and that tenacity to kind of be the baseline yeah. for his teams. How how consistent uh, is that philosophy and and how uh, you know uh, thorough is that communication when you get a player to come down? looking for a little bit more work on, on what to focus on when he does come back from Chicago. Yeah, it, it's been flawless. I think, you know, the, the, the nice thing was I got to work with Jeremy for that one year, year and a little bit. And when he went up, uh, people were asking me, are you going to change anything? And I was like, no, there's nothing to change. Everything is running smooth here. His systems, everything uh, he wants from players, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. It's a nice way to play the game. And we just... Rolled it, rolled it right into our, when we took over, we just kept everything the same. Uh, we have uh, talks with uh, Jeremy, uh, maybe if they tweak their uh, forecheck or they're doing this or doing that, and then we'll tweak it too. So all our guys are on the same page as what's going up there. Hey, maybe your power plays a little different. And maybe you kill a little bit different, but it's not drastic. Uh, a lot of it is D-zone coverage and, uh, you know, your forecheck. So it's been great. Yeah, Coach, kind of going off of that, I mean, what is the communication like between you and Jeremy? Knowing knowing what I know about Jeremy and all the guys that know him, he is a very good communicator, and he, yeah. he is a positive guy. Is it is it regular talks? Is it daily talks? Like, how often are you two kind of back and forth with each other? Uh, we're probably, it just depends on the schedule. We're usually like once a week, or if some guys are coming down to play, uh, we'll communicate on, you know, what was the message you gave those guys when they came down? You know, maybe it's, uh, you know, I want you uh, working on a certain thing of aspect of your game. Uh, so I make sure I'm on the same page as what, there's no point of Jeremy telling the kid one thing and then he comes down and I'm telling him the total opposite. So uh, we try to communicate as much as we can. Well, I would I would imagine when, when these kids, especially the ones who are getting their first taste of NHL action, you send them off. It's almost like graduation day, and uh, then sometimes yeah. they're coming back. But I imagine <laughs> they got a big smile on their yeah. fancy face, and they're they're, they're yeah. antsy to get back in there. And that just that just uh, is just like a little little carrot in front of them. I want to ask you about a couple individuals in particular. Evan Barrett has yet to get that call after just a, a real solid collegiate career over at Penn State. This is his first professional season. How would you describe uh, how things have progressed for him so far this year? Well, I think he's done a fabulous job. Uh, he's a great kid. He's a character kid. He plays with a little jam. Um, he, he's got real good hockey sense. I think the big thing with him is just pace of game. Mm. Um, obviously, he's, he's not the, the quickest skater out there, but he's strong on his skates. Uh, he's a smart player. Uh, eventually, like this is a perfect season for him. He's playing lots. We're doing a, a lot of skill work and skating work with Kevin Delaney. Our development guys are they're in here right now working with these guys. So it's been great for him. And, uh, yeah, you'd love to see him go up and see where he's at uh, from the start of the year till now. Maybe he gets an NHL game, but um, it's not going to hurt him to stay with us for another year. How about uh, how about some guys, coach, that maybe you know Blackhawks fans can can start to get excited about that that maybe 
aren't getting a ton of publicity right now, but that are in the wings. You know, I've I've seen Josiah Slavin play for quite some time out in Colorado. Yeah, uh, when he was playing his juniors with the Thunderbirds, and I know Brandon Peary very well, as, and and I know fans are familiar with him with his ups and downs. But is there anybody on the yeah. roster that 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 people can kind of maybe get a little bit of excited about? Well, I think you, know, you nailed it with Slaves. He's he's come in, and I watched some video on him before he got here. Just a little pre-scout on him, and I was like, okay, let's see if he can bring what he does at college level to yeah. the HL level, and he did. He looks real good out there, and uh, he's only going to get better with all these skill work we've been doing. I think, you know, Peary's Peary, but I think the big thing with us, I think this year we got a real abundance of good young D, big big kids that can skate. Um, obviously, it's not an easy position. Uh, I think forwards kind of mature a little quicker than D, so it's going to take them a year, another year or two before they're ready to go. Who knows? Maybe they do get that one game or two games, what have you. But uh, Isaac Phillips, uh, Crudel, uh, Moberg, uh, guys like that were just, you know, um, big kids that can skate it. And then the, the upside to them is it's endless. So uh, hopefully we don't uh, screw it up uh, and we do our <laughs> job right and they'll be uh, they'll do good. No I, don't, chance, I don't think no I don't chance. think you have to worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those, those names, sure. yeah. those names you just mentioned, all coming out of that uh, that twenty twenty uh, uh, Blackhawks draft class. So that's something to be excited about. You mentioned some yeah. of the young kids. I want to talk about the old guy. Yeah, is is Cody Franzen kind of uh, almost like an assistant coach on the ice there? And <laughs> and how much of an asset is he to have, especially with uh, with these young defensemen, some of whom has seen NHL action, some of them are scratching and clawing to finally get it, as as they've kind of uh, you know a handful of them have kind of taken the shuttle back and forth, and I'm sure he's kind of in a unique position where. He probably would love to to get back to the NHL, but he knows what yeah. his role is there. Uh, how has he handled this season for you? Uh, he's been great. He's fabulous. Uh, you know, I had him in Toronto. Uh, I got to know him when I was coaching with the Marlies, and he was with the Leafs, so I got to know him a little bit there. And then, uh, obviously, he was here when Jeremy took over. Um, but he's been great. Uh, he works with the young kids. Um I'm not going to toot his horn too much because then he's going to want my job uh, <laughs> coming down the road here. But he does a good job. He's a real good mentor for these young guys. I mean, he's a pro. Yeah, the way he carries himself, the way he looks after himself. And, you know, hey, he's a little older now. Maybe the boots aren't the same as they used to be, but he's a smart hockey player, and he's got a power play slap shot. So um, yeah, we're lucky to have him. Coach, last guy I'll ask you about, uh, again, I'm going back to the Colorado Thunderbirds there, the uh, AAA program that uh, Kale Morris played for. But what's what's the what's the upside with him? Where Where is he at? I know he's a, a Notre Dame product as well. But what, what, what do we know about Kale, and where does he sort of fit in the plans? Well, Kale's, you know, you never know with goalies. Uh, they're a little different breed. Oh, come on. You're a goalie expert. You've told us that before. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I stay away from them. But Pete Aubrey does a great job with these kids. Uh, and he works them real hard and, and and really breaks down the game for them. But Kale's been a surprise. Uh, he looked good uh, up at the Hawks' uh, little training camp we had there before our season started, and he's got so much poise for a first-year player. Like, there's no panic in his game. Even uh, Ivan, who played last last game there, same thing. They're both just relaxed and, and calm in the pipes. You know, I'd be shaking every time a guy tees one up or something like that. But, uh, no, Kale's done a great job. Um, obviously, uh, we only have the two goalies right now, so we'll just rotate them in and out. 
uh, one play a game, the other one backs up, and then, then we'll just keep switching it. And uh, they'll get five games each at the end of the year here, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, tremendous, tremendous upside with these guys. Well, Coach, I, I know it was a, a rocky start uh, on the season. I think you started out something yeah. like one seven and one, but since then you're above five hundred uh, uh, seven and six. I think since then, so uh, great job in, in in turning things around. I'm sure it was you know some frustrating circumstances that every team is facing right now. But congratulations yeah. on that. We really appreciate you, appreciate you jumping on. Hope we can do it again sometime. And uh, yeah, go get them. Who's that you're playing again tomorrow night? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, not the wolves. Again. It's the wolves yeah, again. Exactly. <laughs> right. Number nine, Derek. Thank how we do, Derek. Well, thanks thanks so, for having me, guys. Thanks so much appreciate for joining it. us. We appreciate it. and go get him tomorrow night. Derek King, the head coach of the Rockford Ice Hogs, joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taze. Drive always a great visit with him. Uh, coming up after a break with the news with David Jennings, Nick and I will be joined by a hockey Hall of Famer, former Blackhawk, the one and only Michelle Goulet. That's straight ahead on seven twenty WGN. Here comes Chelios again, pinching in. Chelios stopped at the corner. The referee, Andy Van Alleman, in a big traffic jam. He was knocked down and had to squirm out. In front of the night, a shot scored! A shot by Goulet! A giveaway right in front of the net. And he hit the lower left-hand corner. 2-0 Chicago. Has it been 29 years since the 1992 Stanley Cup final where the Blackhawks are taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins and our next guest bagging that goal right there in Game 1. Played uh, four-plus seasons of his Hall of Fame career with the Blackhawks after a tremendous run in Quebec with the Nordiques, including a seven-year stretch. In a seven-year stretch in which he averaged more than 51 goals per season. And uh, again, part of that Hawks 92 Stanley Cup final team. We welcome in the Hockey Hall of Famer, Michelle Goulet. Michelle, Chris Bowden, along with your buddy Nick. I just, first of all, want to thank you for picking up the phone when Nick decided to call you a little bit earlier today. <laughs> no problem. Nick and Chris, a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, we, it's a pleasure Good. for us, yeah, to, to have you on here. You know, and as, as you know, you re- reflect back, what was. That emotional roller coaster, like uh, you know, in the spring of 1990, after almost 11 tremendous seasons playing for uh, your your hometown province team there, and all of a sudden you become a Chicago Blackhawk. I imagine that had to be an emotional experience for you. That was that was. Uh, I mean, uh, I had uh, 11 great years in in Quebec, but the team was re- rebuilding and all that, and I knew they want to move and and give me a chance to go somewhere where I can maybe win or go with a good team. And, and I was so happy and to go to Chicago. I, th- I knew they were, and they, they kept an eye on me for a long time, but, but I knew, you know, joining Mike Keenan there and uh, Porford and all those people, I was really happy to be uh, trade there and maybe have a chance to win the cup. Goose, so many cool things that, that you've done in your career. People speak of you so affectionately. Your your jersey hangs, uh, 1,152 points. Is there a moment that that maybe stands out a little bigger and brighter than something else? Well, I mean, obviously you have different kind of a moment that you really like. But uh, I had that one game in Montreal where I scored four goals. You know, that was really... Uh, one of those games, like everything started in the wrong foot, was three nothing after ten minutes for Montreal, and we ended up winning uh, eight uh, eight six, I think, that game, and I had four goals, and that was an amazing time. But I mean, I had the time with uh, Canada Cup, uh, playing with Mario Lemieux, and 
Wayne Gretzky on the on the same line. It was an amazing time too. Uh, so you know, over a 16 years career, you have so many good times and not too many bad times. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, the, you know, coming back against Montreal, the Canadian fans, I'm sure, were just fine with that uh, going up against the uh, going up against the Nordiques. I'm sure they were just fine with you leading the comeback at four goals for a game in Montreal. <laughs> how about how about your how about your time with the Hawks? What what in particular stands out? I know for a good run of that, what you were on a line with with uh, with Jr. and and Steve. Yep. Armor as well, um, and I'll I'll let you answer that first, and then I'll ask you about Troy Murray, our, my uh, my uh, fellow broadcaster here, about your time uh, here yeah. with him. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, I have a chance with Mike Keenan. I think we have a we had a connection right away. I know Mike is a kind of a different coach than any other coach I had, but the fact that he put myself uh, with uh, Stevie Larmer and Jeremy Roenick, uh, probably one of the two best players I played with. I mean, obviously I played with some good players in my career, but as a line, that that was an amazing line. I thought we were, you know, connecting very well, and uh, and obviously we end up in in the in the final in the Stanley Cup, and you know we came short that, but that was such an amazing time just to have a chance to play with those two great hockey players. You know, uh, a lot a lot of in Chicago right now is is talking about remembering the roar at the old Chicago Stadium. I never had the privilege of being in there, but you played some games in that barn. What 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 were some of the highlights of that place? And just can you can you put into perspective just how loud it was in those walls, well, those stained walls? That was an amazing place, obviously. And you know, you we talk about the, the best moment of your career. I mean. I forgot that I scored my 500 goals in the, the old Chicago Stadium, and I was like a, against the, the Calgary Flames, and it was just an amazing time. It's just like it was so exciting just to be there at that game, and you know the people there, and the, you know how loud it was, and it was so much. The fans were just an amazing, was just amazing how loud they were and uh, supporting they were the team, and it was such a, a great time for all the players. It was just a. The old Chicago Stadium, it was just an amazing time for me. Well, it's it's unfortunate you didn't get to spend a, a several more years with the Blackhawks because I, I know uh, uh, when you suffered that concussion in 1994, um, you know, it, it just took the rest of your career away. Did you have a sense of uh, how much longer you could or how much longer you wanted to play because you were still very, very productive at that point? No question. I would love to play in the <laughs> few more years that's for sure but you know as a hockey player sometimes you you never know what could happen and you know some people have a chance to play many many years and others have a chance you know they can't play more than two or three more uh, three years so but uh in my case I was such a, a freak accident and you know from there there was a just a, a really hard to come back but uh I was so happy just to have the career I had and and, and, and you look at look at Patrick Marlowe, who just beat Gordie Howe mm-hmm. record. It's just an amazing time. But when you see what the the game was at and all that, I think you're going to see more and more players uh, playing a longer time because it's a uh, it's more about speed. It's more a bit less t- physicality, and so I think that the the career of the players will be a little bit long, uh, better and longer. Goo, you're obviously uh, you scouted a little bit. You're still involved. You still watch a lot of hockey. I know we still we, we talk a lot of hockey. But what's your what's yes. your view on the on the league this year? What's your what's your view on on where the Hawks are at in this final push? And just sort of the uh, the 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 Goulet professional opinion on this uh, on this season as we as it as it comes down the home stretch. 
Well, I mean, it's totally different kind of year this year. I mean, when you ask a team to play, let's say, uh, 10 games in 17 nights, it's kind of a difficult, there's no question that like it's really demanding. But, you know, when you look at the Hawks and their division, it's one of the best divisions, there's no question, in the league. So what they've been doing so far has been really tremendous. I think the coach and the organization did a really great job what they do with the Hawks, and obviously they got some good players and good young players. So it's a, it's going to be a, interesting. But, you know, I think your pick could be as good as mine. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? I mean, we all know on this side, you, you always the Avalanche having a very good team. You have last, you know, Vegas that's been really good. So it's it's been really, really uh, uh, interesting year. It's totally different because of the speed of the game and the speed of the season. So many games every night. So it's uh, very interesting. But there's no question that, you know, you have Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, you know, that division, Nashville, Dallas, and Chicago, they're, they're a very good team. So we'll see how things go, but it's going to be it's going to be a very good uh, playoff. Like, like I always Every playoff season is good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all good. It's, it's, it's the greatest playoff uh, in all of sports. Hey, you mentioned a moment ago about Patrick Marlowe breaking Gordie Howe's record. At the beginning of your year, you had the opportunity to play against Gordie. Uh, one yep. year at WHA and then one year back yep. in the NHL from you know the New England Whalers to the Hartford Whalers. We switch. What do you remember about playing against him? And, and was there any, I don't know, was there any intimidation factor playing against him? <laughs> Oh my lord! I got the best story ever. Okay, we're ready. Go ahead, because Gordy and uh, we're in Birmingham. Uh, the Bulls we were the baby Bulls back then, and and obviously we're playing against uh, the team. And Gordy is right there, and the, we're just kicking their ass. Really, is what story? We're just kicking their butt. It's just like a, it was like a, a no contest, and all of a sudden I score and no and. Marty Howe just crushing my teammate. I say, hey, what's going on? He said, you want to go? I say, sure. <laughs> and uh, I had a pretty good a pretty good fight. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I go through my five minutes, come back. And I see Gordy look at me. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. You know, in your mind, you say, something's going to happen. I'm watching the puck dropping, and all of a sudden I am on the ice. I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't touch my son. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Oh, my God. But, you know, that's Gordie Howe for you. And, you know, at the end, he's just a tremendous hockey player. And, you know, you can see the difference about, you know, playing hockey all those years and, you know, and playing that long. That's just an amazing Amazing players, that's for sure. Hey, before I let Nick have the last word, uh, you, did, you didn't say anything about Troy Mur- I asked you about Troy Murray here. I got. I got to get. I got to get your scouting report on Troy Murray as a as a My as a teammate, Lord. as a Troy buddy Murray. too. Uh, well, Troy Murray had a pretty good career. There's no question. <laughs> Troy, uh, obviously, you had that one year. What did you have? Ninety nine points. Yeah, Selkie. One year. Yeah. Right, Selkie. <laughs> yeah, it was like a wow. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think with Troy, I know I was the uh, player personal here, and I pushed really hard for him to come and join us here, and there and he go. won the cup with the Avalanche, and. Uh, I think he was he was a really a player you can count every night and you know you know exactly what you're gonna have and you know he, he had a pretty good career and and even better after career he's doing really well so 
kind of nice. Yep, I'm, I'm hopping on his shoulders every every night here as uh, the pre and post So I'm sure he's writing you thank you notes every day for bringing, uh, bringing, <laughs> bringing him to Colorado to win a cup. Nick, you got anything uh, uh, to wrap up with your buddy here? You know what? I'll tell you something right now. Uh, Goo is one of the Goo is one of the is the coolest guys in the world still to this day, and I, I'm lucky enough that I get to have have lunch with him and uh, my other good buddy Eric Lacroix every uh, every couple weeks in Colorado, and the stories are amazing. And I think Goo, I told Bodes, uh, I told Bodes earlier, I'm going to write a book one day, and the title of that book's going to be How the Hell Did I Get Here? And every time I get to sit and hang out with you guys and hear the stories of the old days, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So well, lunch is on you know me what? next you time. Know you know, it's fun. Maybe Eric's got better better stories than me. <laughs> yeah. not a chance buddy awesome, lunch, lunch is on awesome. me next time <laughs> hey thanks for sharing some of your stories with us we really appreciate you coming on for a couple of minutes and uh chicago remembers you fondly so it was a uh, it was a good if too short run here with the blackhawks and uh again yep. we really appreciate the time be well no problem you guys have a good, great night the ho- hockey hall of famer michelle goulet joining us here on blackhawks live presented by chevy drive chicago.com drive with taves and cane drive great story there about uh, gordy Howe, his awesome. introduction uh to mr hockey time for a break here and uh, nick and i with some more thoughts on the blackhawks here moving forward this week that's all next on 720 wgn welcome back to blackhawks live presented by chevy drive chicago.com drive with kane and taves drive Chris Bowden and Nick Ismani for a couple more minutes with you. As uh, the Blackhawks with a breather today, they were totally dark. Kept the players off the ice, no meetings, no nothing, to try and get a little mental reset here. And uh, as a result, that's the reason we did not have a player on tonight, but more than pleased to be joined, as always, by uh, Rockford Ice Hogs head coach Derek King. And as you just heard from the Hockey Hall of Famer, Michelle Goulet. But as the Hawks uh, get back to business here tomorrow night and Friday against Nashville, uh, again, uh, pretty much must wins for the Blackhawks, and they have to find a way to win against the National Predators because they certainly haven't done that so far. But as you and I were discussing at the top of the show, certainly some steps taken in the right direction. They got jumped up and bitten on the backside by some mistakes, a couple of bad breaks. That's not the only cause for them falling 5-2 to two last night. Uh, but again, if they can expand upon some of the good things that they did that we hadn't seen in previous meetings with Nashville and, and adapt their game, as we were discussing, uh, I think that gives them a much better chance to win against a, a team that is just rolling on all cylinders when they're not facing the Carolina Hurricanes, that is. Yeah, I think you know something for me is the adaptability of a hockey team and their ability to ebb and flow based on a circumstance and a situation, and in this case, a team. And, and I think that that's something maybe in the last year that these guys have shown to me that they're doing very well. I think that, you know, Jeremy's a cerebral guy. He, 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 he's constantly making adjustments. He's got a great staff. His communication with Stan is very good. So for them to be able to, to, to make adjustments uh, almost even on the fly and, and adapt to a team and the way that that team plays and, and get some results from it is encouraging to me. And I think that that's one of the biggest positives I took away from that game last night, that they, they made those changes that Jeremy had talked about in the, in the morning skate availability, and, and they applied them. Yes, some mistakes, as I said at the beginning of the show, cost them, but... If you can if you can refine that a little bit and keep refining it and keep tweaking that and keep making that happen, then good things are going to happen. And I think that a lot of that credit does go to Jeremy, but it also goes to that room. The room is 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 listening and the room is buying in and the room trusts the process and the room trusts the coach and each other. And as a result, you know you're getting those changes. Okay, we can't transition the way we've been transitioning. We got to get a little grittier. We got to chip pucks in tonight. We got to play more a little tougher on the half wall. And and if you can do things like that, good things happen. And and uh, you know maybe tomorrow they can. 
they can take that next step. Yeah, and uh, I really felt for Kevin Lankinen the other night because on a couple of those breakdowns, uh, you know, I th- he came up with some big saves as well. And I think Jeremy, for the first time in his Blackhawks career, had to make that move, wanting to save his time out and put Malcolm in the net. And Malcolm certainly responded very well. Uh, be an interesting call here tomorrow with with what he decides to do. But I don't think you can pin too much of that. Maybe the Ekholm goal no. where he had a good look on it. But beyond that, uh, I think uh, Lankinen was, was solid once again. Yeah, I like our goaltending right now. I really do. And by the way, you know, we didn't really get to talk about it too much because the focus has been on Nashville. But Malcolm's shutout the other night was a, a perfect display of what he's capable of and his his athleticism and his drive. And, you know, he hasn't gotten too many starts. And, and for him to be able to come in and, and play that well and have that confidence and, and, and put up a good number like that, it's impressive. So, you know, soft spot for Malcolm. Uh, we were together in Vegas, as you guys all know. So I love seeing him do well. And it was uh, it was cool to, to see uh, some Zero put up the zero. Yep. Uh, by the way, on the scoreboard tonight, the other central teams are in action tonight. Usually, they're all in action on the same night for the most part. Dallas, though, on top of Detroit, two nothing in the first period. In the other games, Florida after two, leading Columbus by a score of five to one. And uh, let me see if I can uh, crawl this Carolina score against Tampa Bay. Anyway, uh, Tampa Bay, which uh, won last night in extra time, they're in action tonight. Uh, I'm trying to call that score up right now so we can at least have a little bit of an update before we break. And yeah, as I scroll three down, to one, yeah, it's 3 1 in favor of the Hurricanes in Tampa Bay tonight at the end of two. Good to talk to you again, buddy. Uh, we'll be back on schedule yeah. Monday night next week. So uh, look forward to uh, what we have on tap then. Great stuff as always. Hey, let's do it, Boats. Thanks a million, and thanks, Curtis, too. Uh, always fun with you guys. Let's, uh, we'll do it again in like a week. Yes, let's say that. Six days. Six days six instead days. of seven six or eight. Days. Nick Ismani joining us here, and we want to thank our producer, Curtis Koch, as well as Brett Jackson for engineering, and to you for listening. Again, we'll be back on schedule next Monday night between 7 and 8. A reminder to join us uh, for the pregame tomorrow night. It's an early start at the United Center because it's the front end of a national TV doubleheader by NBCSN. So here on 7 20 WGN. I'll have the pregame for you at 5.30 with Troy before Troy joins John for the puck drop at 6 o'clock. Thanks again to our guest tonight, ISOG's head coach Derek King, as well as the Hockey Hall of Famer and former Blackhawk Michelle Goulet. Coming up straight ahead after the 8 o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, it's David Jennings, and then John Landecker joins you for the rest of the evening, so stick around for that. Once again, for Nick Ismani and everyone here, I'm Chris Bone. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Monday night.